Good afternoon. This is Eric Von Hessler filling in for Eric Erickson. That's right, Jared. You can put down the sign that says, tell them who you are. Mission accomplished. Good afternoon, Andrew. Good to see you. How you doing? How you're you doing? looking good. I don't know what you did, but you've done something. You're all cleaned up. You look good. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice to have you here. Eric Erickson is actually officiating Charles Ch- Charlie's wedding in Montana. That's right. Right? So it's producer Charlie. And that's, is that happening about now? Yeah, I think so. It's probably probably mid-afternoon over there in Montana. It's probably. I like the way he's, oh, I don't know, Montana. I don't, aren't they like eight hours behind us or something? It's. I think they're just waking up, Jared, actually, <laughs> in Montana. But okay, so, it's two at, hours difference. <laughs> at some point, uh, it's going to go down. So, uh, well, that's wonderful. Why Montana? Is Charlie from Montana? Yes, he is. I would imagine you wouldn't just pick that state of, hey, let's go get married in Montana. It's a long way away. It'll cost a lot of money. I don't. You have friends who have what they call like these weddings that are like uh, travel weddings. I never go. I never go. If you've got like a travel wedding, oh, we're getting married in the Bermuda. Uh, well, that means you didn't want me to go. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you weren't looking for me because I'm not going to spend $2,000. I love you. I'll see you when you get back. We'll have a house party. We'll play records. We'll have fun. But I'm not going to have a plane ticket to Bermuda to see you. So everybody who's uh, Charlie's, they have to go uh, they have to go to Montana. Yeah, including poor Jennifer's family. Oh, so okay. Jennifer's family's having to go out there, too, which I know. Oh, I'm yeah, sure they're having imagine. a blast, and uh, so I hope they have a lot of fun, and they'll probably sit around with Eric, have some bourbon later. The whole thing will work out fantastic. Perfect. Eric will be back on Monday, Monday, so you have nothing to uh, to worry about. I'm Eric Von Hessler. If you don't know, we have a show here every Sunday, noon to three, called the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll give you kind of a short version of it right now um, in these two hours. Basically, Jared Yamamoto, my producer, uh, gives me stories, I react to them, and then we go to other things like news and weather. So so that's basically how the show's going to go. Before we get to the first uh, news story you want to throw at me, I tell you, man, I've spent most of today. I've been the Simone Biles. I don't know if you saw her last night. She's incredible when she won the gold medal. It's more than that, though. Yeah, she's incredible. Like Michael Phelps is incredible. But looking, if you didn't see this, pull it up on YouTube. Like the 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 balance beam that bores me. There's not just not enough going on there. But when they're doing the floor exercise thing. Like this other girl, Allie Reisman, I believe is her name. Uh, when you watch her, you just think, well, wow, here's somebody who worked really hard. She hit her marks. It's all working. It's picture perfect. It's pitch perfect. Simone Biles, there's something else going on there. I mean, there's something that just takes your breath away, and it's, I don't know what to say. It's I don't understand sort of, how she didn't get a perfect score last night. I mean, yeah, there was, I mean, compared well, to the Russian girl that was, that was up there, which, bless her heart, she fell a couple times. She, she, the Brazilian girl was good, but nobody came close to Biles. Now, here's the problem. Guys like you and me watch gymnastics once every four years. We know nothing about this sport whatsoever, and I love the Olympics because people who watch an athletic competition once every four years suddenly become experts about the rules. Well, that obviously should have been a perfect score. How do I know? I, the last time I watched gymnastics was in 2012 <laughs> when I was on my television. <laughs> and so, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it seemed perfect to me, but uh, I'm just telling you, you should watch. I have there's a GIF. And yes, I say GIF because it's graphical interface and nobody's going to make me say GIF. I don't care. So I'm watching this GIF 
like over and over and over. It's only like five seconds long of this one tumble that she did. And it's, you can watch it a hundred times and not understand how a human being could do something like that. Is it as hard as negotiating the traffic in Atlanta? How's that for a seg? To Doug Turnbull. <laughs> you know what? I'd say that what she's doing is a lot harder out there because you don't have WSB traffic telling you how to do gymnastics. 514 <laughs> WSB, Southeast Perimeter, all crummy today. Just that construction zone really putting it on you. 285 eastbound. The stall finally cleared out of the travel lanes anyway on the outer loop there at Flat Shoals, but you're jammed all the way back before Moreland Avenue. Takes about 30 to 40 minutes to get through that backup. On the north side perimeter, 285 west and south, the outer loop takes 35, 40 minutes to go over Georgia 400 at Sandy springs around I-20 on the west side. The worst part of the interloop traffic, 285 east and south. Ashford, nobody around past Highway 78, guys. So we're going to talk more about the Olympics later, but before we go to the first headline here, did you know this? Uh, University of Georgia athletes have won, there's only eight countries, including the United States, so outside the United States, only seven countries that have won more medals than athletes from UGA. That's incredible. That is, uh, congratulations all the way around. And before we get to, uh, I'll talk about nothing like this, and I'll keep telling Jared, before we get to the first story. But, uh, like a I, loaded gun over I don't here. know, like maybe subconsciously, I don't think people are really thinking this, but don't you think that these Olympics, they kind of hurt Donald Trump's message a little bit? We don't win anymore. We don't win. We win at nothing. And meanwhile, Michael Phelps and Simone Biles are beating people by league. You know, she... Her score was something just amazing. Like, it was better. She won by more than the next eight scores or something below her. And Michael Phelps is winning by full lengths. So, all right, we'll talk about this a little bit later. I am a bit enamored. This happens to me every four years. Leading up to the Olympics, all my shows, I make fun of it and talk about how they're not ready and it's not going to work. And then as soon as the thing starts... I'm watching table tennis for hours at a time. Now, that probably says more about me <laughs> than the actual sport, but uh, it's fun to see things mix it up. Okay, go ahead, Jared. I know you're... I was going to say it's incredible. Jared. I mean, we've got 43 medals, and, and the best thing about this year's Olympics in Rio is now, that... hold on. You said 43. I was just handing something that says 32. Maybe no, it's gold. I don't I, know. I've, got, I've got 43 right you here. You almost always give me bad information. The great thing about these Olympics, Eric, is the fact that Russia is not in the top five, so this is beautiful. They I had love a bit of a, this. Bit of a doping scandal, and when the when the swimmer uh, I can't remember her name beat the Russian, that was like I'm 52 years old. That was like nostalgic to the Cold War days to me. I jumped up off my couch, you know that doping Russian, and uh, I literally I was like, you know, Putin was watching that. You know it. You know <laughs> that Vladimir Putin was watching that. And take that man. All right, give me a give me a story. On to the fun stuff. So Hillary Clinton says Donald Trump's economic plan will only benefit the rich, Eric, and that she will create 10 million new jobs. So we had these competing plans that came out this week. So Donald Trump spoke very interesting on the Donald Trump one. He spoke uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, right? But he also spoke. I saw. Uh, so he laid his out, and then I saw him a couple days ago. He was actually speaking to some home builders, and it was basically the same kind of pitch. And I missed the first two minutes of that speech, but I watched the rest of it, and it was very reasonable, nice tone, everything. I said, wow, if he gave this speech from now to November, he could win this thing. But what I didn't realize is in the first two minutes is when he said <laughs> Obama was the founder of ISIS. <laughs> so it kind of like, that was the headline that you didn't hear anything else about the rest of the speech. Uh, on So with his economic speech, I like the lower taxes, I liked a lot of that. What is this thing about where suddenly Republicans are against NAFTA, but they're not owning NAFTA? 
I, I'm 52 years old. I lived in this world. So if the Republican nominee is going to be against NAFTA, I'm waiting for the Republican Party to come out and say, we were wrong. Because Clinton signed it, but it was Republican idea. It came out of a Republican Congress, and it was uh, Clinton wasn't liked by a lot of his Democrats. But that's not my full thing to say on this. I've got a lot more, and I will get to it when we get back, whether you like it or not. Welcome back. Eric Von Hessler filling in for Eric Erickson. And so, yes, it says here, Jared Yamamoto is here with me. Hillary Clinton says Donald Trump's economic plan will only benefit the rich and that she will create 10 million jobs. Uh, You know, all of this. First of all, economic plans from any candidate are worthless. Economic (laughs) plans from anybody is worthless because they're always the rosy scenario of how things are going to go for the next five to ten years so that I can get my pet projects through and I can try to convince you it's not going to cost you a dime. Why does anybody believe that ever? When they, oh, it's not going to cost you a dime. Well, it has for the last 240 years. Yes, Jared. Apparently she was trying to make the pitch to working class Democrats, I guess the blue collar voters yeah. up there in uh, All right, here's in the deal. Here's the deal. We don't have a lot of time. As my producer Jared tells me, I'm just icing on the cake here you're really you've tuned in for news weather and traffic i'm icing on the cake so i want my icing on the cake here let me just say this there is no such thing as a good economy where rich people get punished okay there are you have two choices there's a good economy you could have a good economy or you could have a bad economy a bad economy is bad for everybody a good economy is good for everybody, depending on where you are. If you go from 30000 a year to $34,000 a year, that's a different part of the scale. If you go from 65000 to 85000 what is not possible is that you create a good economy for everyone else that punishes the rich. If you're going to have a good economy and everybody's going to, in general, do better, I've got news for you. Here's the little secret. The rich are going to get richer. In any good economy, the rich are going to get richer. You, you don't have that choice. The choice is priorities. What are your priorities? Is your priority that the rich be punished? Is that your priority? Because then you can have the kind of economy we've had for the last five years or so, between 1% or 2% growth. But if you go home at night, and that's fine with you, in the name of social justice, then you've got what you want. But what you can never have, and what is not possible at all, is a good economy (laughs) that punishes the rich. What you want from your government is some sort of neutral playing field where they get out of your way and they allow the successful to succeed. But at... You can't then say, but you know what? We're going to create all these jobs, but the job creators, we're going to punish them the whole time. That's something that just does not work logically or sensibly, but it doesn't matter. Both these candidates put out their economic plan, and they're both full of it. First of all, we don't know what's going to happen in the next five or ten years. If we get bogged down in another big war, that's going to blow all of these economic projections out out of the water. If ISIS suddenly goes away... We're going to have a lot more money than we thought we were going to have. So looking into five, ten years in the future, it's all complete BS. Don't buy it ever from any candidate. What you basically want are is low taxation, 
less regulation. Let's stop strangling the people who are the job creators and allow the river to flow. You know, some regulation is necessary. It's like where the river flows into the sea. Maybe you want to build up a levee so that the people who live don't get overwhelmed by the sea as it moves into the ocean. But if you build it too much, after a while, you actually block the sea from moving onward into the ocean. It doesn't seem like either side is offering new ideas, too. I mean, this reminds me of the Romney and Obama economic plans that they introduced at the end of 2012. Go anywhere. They're always like five, ten-year plans. I love Obama puts out a plan for the next five years. He's leaving in January. What are the odds that whoever comes after him is going to do exactly what he was doing? This is my message to you on this Friday. It's all BS. But you know what's not BS is uh, senior political analyst Bill Crane. We're going to talk to him when we return. Welcome back. Merrick Von Hessler filling in for Eric Erickson. I am your self-correcting moron. Before we left for the commercials, I made a great analogy about how you don't want regulations to build up so much that the sea can't get into the ocean. And then I was walking to the break room and I thought, you moron, seas don't empty into oceans. Rivers empty into oceans. Ah. Rivers empty into seas. So just go back to the brilliance of that analogy and replace sea with river, and I will seem like the genius that I obviously am with my political analogies. All right, Jared Yamamoto. Great producer. You produce like 17 shows here at WSB. I feel like it sometimes. All right. And uh, so uh, hit me with another uh, news story. Spe- I can comment on. So speaking of rivers, we've seen several polls showing Georgia turning blue. Now a new public policy poll shows Donald Trump with only a two-point lead in South Carolina. Eric, what yeah. is going on? So uh, that's uh, so there's, this is I, – I wonder about this. I wonder if it's even real. And after I realized that I didn't know what a C was and what it empties into, I decided to bring in an expert for this one. So we have senior political analyst Bill Crane with us. He knows about politics, and he wouldn't be so stupid to make a ridiculous analogy like I just did. No, Bill? But, there, but there are seas that do empty into oceans, like the Dead Sea. I mean, there are... Oh, look at that! Oh, fair enough! <laughs> I'm not nearly as stupid as I thought I was. Bill Crane, I like you already, my friend. So is this... This is my question. We see these... Uh, now more two three different polls that say that Georgia is possibly a swing state now did you say South Carolina yeah South Carolina yeah. Trump I, only has a two point lead now I don't know about South Carolina but Georgia has been a red state for so long when it comes to presidential politics I wonder if they even know how to canvas the state properly should we be I, I remember the uh, the governor's race and the senatorial race last time around, and they were saying that none had a real good chance of winning, and it didn't really turn out that way. What do you think of these polls that we're, that we're seeing now? Well, I've seen four polls, two by the AJC and two by WSB, and then quite a few national polls that show a trend that I don't think is really debatable at this point, and that is that Mr. Trump is steadily eroding among Republican women. Yes. Now, overall women, he's at 28%, which is not a good number when 55% of the nation's population and eligible voters are female. But he has a huge lead among men, and particularly among white men. But when you start to lose Republican soccer moms and you know, long-time activists in the party, uh, it, the math begins to get difficult. I, I agree with you that it's been a long time since Georgia for a, de- a Democratic presidential campaign. The last time one was won was Bill Clinton in 1992. 
But the, what's interesting to me is the Trump campaign is proving true on a on a promise they made right after Super Tuesday to put a bunch of states in play. The problem is <laughs> the states they're putting in play yeah. are Republican states. So Arizona, uh, John McCain may end up losing his Senate seat as well as the state going for Hillary Clinton. Georgia in the presidential race and some of them down ticket races mm-hmm. are single digit, which would not normally be in as red a state as this is. And if the other states in the southeast, Alabama, South Carolina, follow suit and, and Florida's back on the leaning Hillary way, it, it gets a very difficult path to 270 electoral votes because the Democrats structurally sort of have an advantage with four out of the last five elections and 180 electoral votes going blue. You know, I'm surprised at the down ticket stuff when it comes to, you know, if it's people who are relatively new or in their first term, but I'm surprised that this sort of thing can affect someone like John McCain. I mean, the people, the voters of Arizona know John McCain. He's not like, it's interesting to me that people, but I guess just because, is it because a lot of people are going in there with an anti-Donald Trump vote that maybe wouldn't be in that voting booth normally? It's a combination of a throw the bums out, we are we have broken trust, get in new leadership vote. And then when you have down ticket voting and when you have tight states like we have now in several, including Georgia, there's a ton of straight ticket voting. A majority of voting in the fall will be people who will vote all the way down R, all the way down D. Not, not everybody, and there are independent and swing voters. People like myself will be jumping back and forth across that ballot. But we are in the minority, even though independents are growing in name, they are still not a significant number percentage-wise yeah. of the actual electorate. You know who made a mistake in retrospect is that Rand Paul should have run as a libertarian. He'd probably have 20 or 22 percent right now. Or and, if he had just not run as a libertarian light in in the GOP primary, kind of run his dad's campaign all over again with better hair. Yeah, well, yeah, he does have uh, better hair, but weird eyes. He looks like a raccoon in some kind of strange he way. Sort of be, when, you, a, when you're watching him, he sweats a little bit. Yeah, and there's something. Head, darting around. Is that hair circle. real? I wonder. Is I don't even know if that's I've some sort of... Some, uh, close friends of his. They say it is, but uh, I have to raise the same question. This is why you're the senior political analysis, because we go into deep analysis here that others don't talk about Ron, Ron Paul's hair. Hold on just a moment there, Bill, if you will. Stick with me. We're going to do a check on traffic with Doug Turner. Thank you, buddy. 543 WSB. I'll tell you a shred of good news. The southeast perimeter is getting better. 285 eastbound. The Yattle Loop before and after 675 is the only slow zone you'll find with the trouble now gone at Flat Shoals. The north side perimeter is still rough. 285 west and south. The Yattle Loop pretty much the entire way. Color in red from 400 around to I-20 in Fulton County. The interloop delays are concentrated. 285 east and south mainly from Ashford Nobody Road around past Highway 78, guys. Oh, sorry. We're back now. Uh, so, uh... There's a couple other questions on the politics. First of all, with Trump, I know a lot of people listening uh, are conservatives, and a lot of people like there's a big war that's broken out between people who love Trump. and This is what I'm saying. I try to be objective. It doesn't matter how I vote. And quite frankly, I don't, I'm not trying to make anybody vote the way that I vote. I don't work that way. When I host a show, the host will tell you how he's going to vote. I'm going to vote for Gary Johnson. I don't care how you vote. I'm not on a mission. Objectively speaking, though, I've watched a lot of presidential candidates, and obviously you have as well, Bill Crane. I do, just objectively speaking, this Republican nominee is really running the worst campaign I've ever seen. Am I wrong? Certainly since the the, uh, Republican convention. I mean, you could say he did a lot of things right as it relates to earned media strategy through the primary and caucuses, but it's been watching a train wreck the last couple of weeks. Uh, look, it's, there's, over, there's almost, what, almost 90 days, 80-something days left. 
Look, you know this, I know this. A week is a lifetime in politics. There is still every, it is still possible that Donald Trump can win. But if the election had been held today, I think it would not look good for him. And he really does have to maybe shine in the debates. That's really. And there could be, as we keep hearing about a WikiLeaks, another batch of emails that will cause another set of headaches for the Clinton campaign. But the trends are starting to lock in. It's not one or two polls, but now half a dozen national polls that show Mr. Trump with Gary Johnson and the Green Party ticket asked in the 30s. Uh, during the entire 2008 and 2012 general election, John McCain and Mitt Romney, for their weaknesses or strengths, however you want to judge them, never dropped below 40% after their uh, conventions were finished. McCain had one week in, that he led the race when he announced Sarah Palin was his running mate, and Mitt Romney had two good weeks, but the best of which was after the first debate. But they were never below 40, and Mr. Trump is steadily and regularly these days. He can come out of it. Right. He's in the high 30s. Can you hang with us a minute? Because there is somebody imploding in Georgia that's not Donald Trump. His name is Jim Barksdale, and I'm fascinated with this race. So we'll talk about that when we get back. Welcome back. Eric Von Hessler filling in for Eric Erickson. Jared Yamamoto is with me. On the phone, we have senior WSB political analyst Bill Crane. You still there with me, Bill? I am. You're hanging in there. That's very good. So uh, I read this article today. I don't, it might have been from the AJC. That uh, basically says that this guy, Jim Barksdale, which if you don't know this guy in the primaries, his whole thing was about it. You should vote for him because of his hat. I'm Jim Barksdale. I'm not a politician and I can prove it. I wear this hat. I tell you, Bill Crane, I cannot tell if that is the most genius, ingenious political ad or the dumbest political ad. And I don't know much about this guy. He's self-funding, I guess. But I read this article that says an awful lot of uh, Democrat donors... Uh, former Governor Barnes, former Senators Nunn, uh, Congressman David Scott, and then Falcons owner Ar- Arthur Blank and uh, Ted Turner are normal, normally give the Democrats, but now they're giving to Johnny Isaacson. What's the story behind the story with this Barksdale? Well, Jim Barksdale, an attorney, self-funded his campaign, formerly registered, not registered, but frequently voted in Republican primaries, became a Democrat for this election. The cap is something he's known for stylistically, and some would say it covers up his being hair-challenged. Yes. But he, he's a good, thoughtful guy, first-time race in politics. Um, he only won the uh, Democratic primary for about four percentage points against a uh, Democratic field, including a woman who only spent $10,000 who wasn't even known inside her home county of DeKalb. So I think yeah. the reason that we're looking at, at this point at a 7- to 10-point race and Johnny Isaacson not looking as, as comfortable as he might should have is that race we talked about a moment ago. This is one of those down-ticket situations. Right. We are pushing up Democratic interest and substance and people not wanting to reelect the incumbents uh, are putting a bit of a ding on, on Johnny. I don't think we'll see a runoff, but that is a possibility, unlike mm-hmm. Donald Trump, who could win Georgia with a simple plurality. To win the Senate seat, Johnny Isaacson has to win 50% plus a vote, or right. Jim Barksdale, or the Libertarian candidate. But a majority threshold is much tougher when you have four candidates on the ballot. As a man who wears a cap much like Jim's, Jim Barksdale's, I can tell you that, yes, we are follically challenged. And for that reason, <laughs> who knows? If he weren't a Democrat, maybe I could vote for a guy. I, I just love the pitch. Can you hit that again? Vote for me because of my hat. I'm Jim Barksdale. I'm not a politician, and I can prove it. I wear this hat. There it is, folks. That's all you ever wanted to hear. It's all I ever wanted to hear. I've always wanted to vote for a hat. 
and now you have your chance. I thought this guy was in trouble when he won his primary by so little when he spent so much money. He spent so much more than his opponents, and he barely won his primary, right? Correct, and now he's um, only raised $100,000 from donors other than himself. He's loaned his own campaign $3 million, but I'm not seeing between now and the next 97 days a way that he's going to be able to pay himself back unless the DNC does what Mayor Kasim Reed has asked, and that is declare Georgia a battleground state and move $15 million in media and walking around money into the uh, state. So he's another super rich dude who's going to protect us all from the super rich. Ah, here on uh, BS Friday on WSB, that's a perfect story. Senior political analyst Bill Crane, thank you for taking time out of your afternoon and joining us. Thank you. Uh, we're going to talk. What are we going to talk about? We get back some Olympic stuff. Yeah, and Leo Obama's in trouble too. Oh yeah, a little pot smoking. When we return. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler filling in for Eric Erickson. Eric is officiating Charlie's wedding in Montana. I would imagine this probably happened by now, and they're sipping bourbon and enjoying themselves. Hopefully, Eric will be back on Monday. Jared Yamamoto is here with me, and we're kind of going through the news, going through the headlines, seeing what's up. What's up? Yeah, this is a fun Friday headline here, Eric. The, uh, the- fun Friday headline. You know what? You can't just say that. Now I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. Well, you don't okay. tease people like that. This had, in fact, better be a fun Friday headline. So the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration announced its decision to keep marijuana illegal in the United States for any purpose, Eric. What is fun about that? What is right well, about that? What is correct about that? Be- what is wrong with the American people? What is wrong this this idea. So this keeps it at what schedule one. That's correct. Which basically means it has no good purposes. There's nothing that we can see. It's only bad. All right. So what is uh, what is alcohol? What are the good purposes? What are the medicinal purposes we get from alcohol? This is an absolute idiotic thing that's been going on in this country for far too long. But now that we have a couple of states that have legalized it or decriminalized it, you would think at some point. But, uh, hey, I'll bet the DEA's got a lot to lose. I'll bet they've got a lot to lose if suddenly marijuana is not a Schedule One drug. This is absurd. I could close my eyes and barely think about this and tell you what should happen. Whatever the rules are with alcohol, those should be the rules with marijuana. Now, I'm not saying that marijuana doesn't have a downside. I'm not saying it's for everyone. But you know what? Usually, a couple of panic attacks, and you decide, I'm not going to use this anymore. (laughs) People get hooked on alcohol. Look, we all know people who have been destroyed by alcohol. I don't care who you are. You know somebody who has been destroyed by alcohol. But we don't make it illegal. If you suggested that alcohol should be illegal now, you'd be laughed out of more rooms than not. And yet we all know people who have been destroyed by alcohol. That argument doesn't mean that everybody should smoke marijuana or that marijuana is all positives or anything like that. My argument just is, whatever the laws and regulations are around alcohol, that's where the laws and regulations should be around marijuana. And stop with the medicinal stuff. And, uh, oh, I, 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 have my, I have my gin medicinally. What do I get? No, it's... Whatever the rules are with alcohol, those should be the rules of marijuana. And I'm seeing this picture of Malia Obama. 
Yeah, apparently and doesn't apply to the first family. Lollapalooza taking a little, <laughs> she's got a little joint. Oh, she's 18. You know, she's protected by that White House privilege. And nobody's going to go after her. But somebody else will go to jail for it. This is absurd. We'll talk more about it. But let's get to the absurdity of traffic. And in that area, I turn it over to the great Doug Turnbull. I just learned about that Malia Obama thing, right as you said. I was in the middle of looking at that stuff right when you said it. Wow, that is nuts. Okay, 613 WSB. I hear something that will uh, do the have the opposite effect of anything that calms you down. 285 eastbound, the outer loop. There's an injury crash, a new one on the southeast leg there at Boulbercrest Road. It's in the two right lanes of the WSB jam camp. And traffic is gridlocked back toward Jonesboro Road. Now on the northwest outer loop, 285 west and southbound, traffic is still ordered off the brakes, Riverside around past Paces Ferry, and then below South Cobb down to I-20. On the interloop ride through the cab, slow improvements, but 285 east and south, still rugged. Shambly Dunwoody getting around past La Vista and 78, guys. I'm looking at the uh, USA Today story on the, mar- the marijuana story. There's a picture of a lady, she's holding a sign that says, I don't do drugs, I just smoke weed. Well, you know, weed is a drug, <laughs> but so is aspirin. So is caffeine. I, uh, the, one of the strongest drugs that any of us ever takes is a cup of coffee. Demonstrably. Think of the way you feel when that alarm goes off at 6.30. You drink one cup of coffee, on goes the tie, out the door, ready to go. You ever think about that? That's a drug. That's a drug. So whether it's called a drug or it's not a drug. And besides, now that uh, the daughter of the president is getting high... I don't think she should be protected by this White House privilege. I believe that uh, she's 18, and, and who cares? It's a weird kind of, uh, somebody else took that little nine, why is it only nine seconds long? It's a Snapchat story. Oh, it's a little Snapchat. So somebody that was near her, who would do that? That's no friend. Think about it. it a, lot of people, a lot of people want their videos to go viral, and if you see the, the president's daughter, I mean, what better chance to have your video go viral than watching Malia Obama smoking a blunt? Well, I suppose, but it's not. I was thinking about the Secret Service. They have such a weird job. You know the Secret Service is there. Malia Obama is not at a Lollapalooza show without Secret Service around. I'd love to talk to these guys about the things like they have to, they're only there for protection. They can't. I guess they can't step in and say you shouldn't be doing that because they're not. They're, they're not there for your parents. They're only there as protection. So obviously, the Secret Service is privy to the fact that you know she's, like, she's also hot. taking a year off from school too. Remember, she's going into Harvard next year. But I would chose, too if I had that White House but, privilege. But chose not to go this year because of the election. Sure. That's why she chose not That's to. That's why, I yeah. Think she's 18 years old. She wants to have fun, and who can blame her? And so what? She's taking a little nip off. And so what? Yeah, but you're the president's daughter, though. You got to oh, come so on. what? I would hate to be a president's kid. What a horrible, horrible thing. You know, people hate you because they hate the president. You have nothing to do with it. You're just in people's families. People go after you and, and when they shouldn't because you're somebody's kid. She's 18 years old. She's at Lollapalooza. That's Have why you it's seen so surprising. the lineup of bands? You wouldn't be able to sit through that without a little bit of something. That's why it's so surprising, though, because they've been so classy. I mean, since they've been in the office, say what you want oh, about it's the not president. Classy? Oh, God forbid. She what? smoked a joint. Look at That's the way so she's un- that, is, that is not classy. I'm looking it's at the not picture right there. Not, she's a not. person. <laughs> She's a person. She's living a person's life. She's 18 it's, years old. You have an expectation from the, from the first family, though. You have to. You have this uh, expectation from them, and that's, that's why it's different to me. Let me tell you something about being a teenager. You may have forgotten. I haven't forgotten. You are 
the dumbest you ever are in your life when you're a teenager. <laughs> if you could dig up Einstein and ask him, Einstein, when were you the dumbest in your life? He would say, obviously, when I was a teenager. Is Everybody, that, is that Einstein's accent? That's my Einstein. That's, I don't think it's something like that. It's, he's something like uh, Bernie, the millionaires and the billionaires. Some kind of voice like that. Einstein would tell you, even though I was that brilliant, maybe the smartest man of the 20th century, boy, if you'd have seen me when I was 16, when I was 18, I am so lucky that there were no cell phones, no cell phone cameras, when I was 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, because I was the kid handing that to her. All right. (laughs) More on this than other things when we return. Welcome back. Eric Von Hessler in for Eric Erickson. Jared Yamamoto is here with me. Andrew running the board. It's a big family we have going on. It's a wonderful, wonderful... It's like being at a party, really, is what it is. I, I, I shouldn't get paid for this. And I don't get paid much, so it's okay. It's not too much of an injustice going on. So, <laughs> so uh, one, before we go to another story, I want to say the one good thing about that uh, DEA, FDA actually finding that uh, marijuana stays as a Schedule One drug, it, if you look deeper in the story, they did find, they debunked the idea of it being a gateway drug, finally, which was always the silliest idea. It's like, oh, marijuana. You know, uh, 90 some odd percent or even 100% of heroin addicts used marijuana. Okay, here's, I got one for you. Every serial killer drinks milk. So there's obviously a connection there. Milk, Clearly. Milk is a gateway to serial killing. Obviously, if you make it to heroin, <laughs> you probably dated marijuana along the way. <laughs> But most people who have gotten high are not heroin addicts. So at least they got that right. But another thing they got wrong was they opened it up for marijuana could be studied for medicinal purposes. But they're still still using this one grow farm in Mississippi. God knows what. And, you know, how much corruption is there? You know, it's like the government grow farm in Mississippi. How much do they lose if this gets opened up to other grow farms and you could actually study? As far as I'm concerned, who cares about them? I don't need to know the medicinal uh, uh, stuff, possibilities of gin or vodka. I know what it does. I don't need a study. After all the bad stories of the night, after all the terrorism... The kids in the street saying America sucks and everything I gotta watch on TV. Have a little bit of vodka, and for a brief moment it all goes away. You don't have to study that. I know what happens. It's medicinal. Pay me the money. It made me <laughs> forget about the evening news for ten minutes. Equals it's medicinal. Leave me alone. All right, we have time for another quick story? <laughs> yeah, we do. So Michael Phelps broke a 2,168-year-old Olympic record wow. held by the great Leonidas of Rhodes, and oh. it was from 152 B.C., Eric. He was good. He was good. NBC had those Olympics. Yes, they did. And I actually, I'm old <laughs> enough to have seen that. And nobody carried a shield and ran a sprint better than, what's his name, Leonidas? Yeah, Leonidas of Rhodes. I was just diagnosed with that, Leonidas. <laughs> Something is manageable. It's manageable. So you don't have to get scared. It's manageable. So, uh, yeah. So what was the record that he broke? So 
Phelps has now 13 individual gold medals. Leonidas had 12 individual gold medals. Now, mm-hmm. the, the Michael Phelps' total is 22 gold medals, but just the, those are the individual events. For that he's all of this, in. on ESPN on Sunday, they were debating whether or not Michael Phelps should have been the flag bearer for the United States. Unbelievable. Because he got a DUI and, or whatever. And they're like, oh, we should have, like, we have the Muslim girl. That would be, like, a real statement. Uh, rather than the most decorated Olympian in the history of Olympics, and he's on your team, and these are his last Olympics. Uh, they also, on the same sports reporters' roundtable, they were debating whether he was the greatest Olympian of all time. Apparently, he's just too white for anybody. You know? Well, I know that Jesse Owens only got four, but he stood up to Hitler, so I'm going to say that he's... No, this, these are sports. These are sports. The guy who gets the most medals is the greatest Olympian of all time. End of story. But you know what? They don't give out Pulitzers for telling us what the score was. Now, do they? It's because he smoked pot, Eric. That's what happened. Also, yeah, he did that. But at least we now know. Look, it was a gateway drug to 22 medals. (laughs) He's not good. (laughs) We're going to do more. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to do more when we get back. Welcome back. Eric Von Hessler filling in for Eric Erickson. We have a show on Sundays, noon to three. It's called the Von Hessler Doctrine. We go over stories. I give you the Von Hessler Doctrine. Some people are saying it is the greatest show in the history of radio. Me, I'm too humble to say that. I will just tell you, I think it's a pretty good show. Also, download the WSB Radio app for many reasons, but the Von Hessler Doctrine is on there. You not only get the Sunday show, but we do three podcasts, the Digital Doctrine, every week, and that's only available on the WSB radio app. So you don't have it, now you feel like a fool, go get it. All right, before we get to the next story, Jared Yamamoto, we were just talking about Mike F- Michael Phelps, and first of all, what he did last night was amazing. Winning gold, and then 30, 40 in minutes human. later, just going back and competing in a semifinal for tonight. So he'll run for another gold. But before we get out of the Olympics, as you brought up the Olympics, I just saw this... This is a real headline. I'm not making it up. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, Olympic diving pool closed. Whole building reportedly smells like a fart. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) that's the headline. Hey, that made me click. (laughs) (laughs) So so this is the pool that they do the diving and the water polo. They've had problems with that this entire entire Olympics. It keeps turning green. And I guess it was one of the German athletes, uh, Tom Steinfort. Uh, he that caused t- the green? No, <laughs> he tweeted, the Olympic diving pool has been closed again because of water quality issues. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Then he quotes, a German diver says, the whole building smells like a fart. So there's some sulfur involved here. And I don't understand why that pool's doing poorly, but the pool we're watching every night on prime time with Phelps and all that seems fine. How hard is it to change whatever the chemical composition is? Uh, budget cuts, Eric. Well, they they one, one, one pool's going to be on primetime TV. The other yeah, pool, uh, you know, you watch water. it on, Who cares about you the watch water? You watch it on Roku, you know. Ah, the water polo guys, they don't matter. They're, they're hanging out with the table tennis guys. <laughs> no members of the NBA, ba- of the, uh, the USA basketball team are showing up for the water polo finals. They're overwatching Phelps. So, anyway, just amazing. You know what I want you to do for Sunday's show? I, I never give you homework. But I want to give you some homework this time. I want you to put together an audio montage. I know you love doing this stuff, Jared. It is a lot of fun. You told me since you were a little kid, you always like doing audio montages. So here's great homework for you. I want you to find a bunch of times that Donald Trump said, we don't win at anything anymore. 
we don't win in America. And then I want you to splice that in with excited announcers at the Olympics going crazy over <laughs> Michael Phelps and uh, everybody else who are winning gold medals like crazy. I think. Can you do that for me? Yeah, absolutely. That's not political commentary. I just think it's It'll be Bigly. I got you. Bigly. He won't stop saying Bigly. Is he doubling down on Bigly just to annoy the rest of us? I think so. He, is Bigly a word? Donald Trump says the word so often that I begin to doubt myself. Like, maybe it's a word. Maybe that's just a word I've never heard of. You know what I have heard of? Atlanta traffic. That was the worst segue in the world, but it gets us to Doug Turnbull. And yeah, it was not the worst thing. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, it's been the worst. It's been 285 on the south side this afternoon. We had earlier trouble at 643, by the way, WSB. Earlier trouble that's now gone, 285 east at Boulder Crest Road. Still some slow traffic there. And I've just found a new crash that our traffic trooper spotted on the south side interloop, 285 westbound, right at the old National Highway I-85 area. It's in the center lane and it jams you up, leaving Riverdale Road. A lot of people stuck in line as well, trying to take 285 and get on to 85 south because of a crash in the left lane there at Flash Holes. On the north side perimeter, we still have delays 285 westbound before Towers Ferry over to 75, and then on the southbound outer loop there between Atlanta Road and Hollowell Parkway, and DeKalb on the interloop 285 east and south, still very rugged before Peachtree Industrial trying to work around Highway 78, Eric. Oh, yeah, the hardest working man in the world, Doug Turnbull there. Poor guy, always has to give you bad news. Uh, nicest guys in the world always has to give the bad news, and uh, hopefully people don't hold it against him. They don't, don't, uh, don't go after the messenger. It's not his fault. All right, Jared Yamamoto, hit me with some kind of uh, newsy item that I can respond to. A growing number of countries are warning their citizens not to take trips to the United States. Why? Well, because apparently there is uh, mass shootings here, police violence, anti-Muslim slash anti-LGBTQ attitudes. What, in a country and, where gay people can get married? Uh, that's what they're saying here. The Give U- me a country that's telling me that they shouldn't, they're telling their citizens they shouldn't come to the United States. I can give you multiple ones. The UAE, Bahamas. Whoa, 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 whoa. The UAE. Yes. They say that the attitudes to LGBT, <laughs> and I'm going to add the Q. Because I'm just like that. Uh, they're telling me, so the UAE is telling their people that they shouldn't come to the United States because the attitudes here to the LGBTQ community are not progressive enough. Correct. And what's the jail sentence for being gay in the UAE? Uh, it's, uh, I think they're moderate. It's just two to five years. They're, you know, it's, 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 you got to be kidding me, these countries. Good. More room for us. Right? That's the Von Hessler doctrine That's on right. that. That's <laughs> right. Even less people in the state of Montana. More for us. All right. We're going to wrap this thing up. Are we going to wrap it up when we return? Or is there another break? That's right. We'll wrap it up. I get lost because I'm just filling in. I don't know. When we come back, I'm going to figure out something to say into this microphone. Welcome back. Eric Von Hessler filling in for Eric Erickson. Jared Yamamoto is here with me. Before we get to any other story here, I'm squeezing in this short break. The story you did before about countries like the UAE having travel advisory warnings telling their people that they shouldn't come to America because we're just terrible and uh, people don't get along. Got mass shootings, police yeah. violence, anti-Muslim, anti-LGBTQ uh, attitudes, yeah, yeah. and they're saying the Zika virus, too, is well, not Oh, yeah, concern. absolutely. It's all over. You can't get away from it. But, you know... But France is among this list. France! France, France is on this list. France is going to tell us... France where they walk up to a guy in a big truck and say, why are you sitting here? And he says, 
I have ice cream for the children, and they don't even open the truck and see if it's a refrigerated freezer type truck. Let the truck sit there for eight hours, and then surprise, surprise, it turns into be a terrorist thing. Are you talking about France, uh, where the last terrorist guy actually had an ankle monitor on him, but they turned it off for three hours a day so that, oh, surprise, surprise, he used those three hours to actually harm people. France? And here's another thing. Just, I get annoyed. I get annoyed with all the, I'm not, uh, I'm not a jingoistic guy. I don't need that kind of stuff. I'm a realist. But this anti-American stuff from Americans is getting so annoying. This is the best place. It's the most tolerant place. When the Olympics opened up and you had the Parade of Nations, all the other nations went through. Let me tell you something. America looked like we chose people from all the other nations and put them in our nation. We are the most open-minded, the most tolerant, have the most different types of people banging into each other and working together every day, and we should be proud of it. And that's my way of saying, shut up, millennials. What, Jared? Well, we the, have to go. The United Kingdom, Canada, New Zealand, and Germany think differently, Eric. Well, good. Then stay out as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to build a wall and make Canada pay for it. All right, we we have to go. Eric Erickson will be in on Monday. He'll be back. Charlie going to be back with him, or is he going on, a, on his honeymoon? He will be on his honeymoon. Okay, so Eric will be back. Uh, Von Hester Doctrine, every Sunday, noon to 3, right here on WSB. Get your WSB radio app. The Von Hester Doctrine is on there. Not only the Sunday show, but three podcasts we do a week that you can only get on the app. Thanks to everybody for being here. Thanks for listening. I'm Eric Von Hessler. Sean Hannity's up next.